John J. Goddard. You're tuned to the General Concerns Podcast, emanating from johnjgoddard.com on the internet. This program is intended for mature audiences with open minds and an open approach to language. So while it is by no means vulgar, the show may contain language and themes considered offensive to some. If you're under the age of 18, please get permission to listen from a parent or guardian. If you're easily offended by adult language, then you may wish to flee to another part of the internet. As for the rest of you, it's time now to call our old friend Paul out in Friday Harbor, Washington. Hello? Paul, we spoke of fonts last time at some length. Fuck you, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a delicate subject. <laughs> I know, I'm very touchy about my... Don't touch my font. <laughs> well, I'm still on Arial for those, you know, uh, 75 people yeah. who visit my website. Well, yeah, they're good people. They're, yeah, I, I hope to keep them. But, um, but fonts, right. this whole thing about fonts, you know, that was sort of a preamble to... A larger discussion, or maybe not larger, maybe this discussion is going to be encapsulated within the font discussion, or vice versa. But, so, you have a little bit of experience with formatting e-books, as I understand. Um, Tell me about that, please, because... Hellish torture, that that would be my way of describing it. but I feel a little bit better about it because I was reading uh, on my phone. I have a few books that I've purchased, and I was reading Americana by Don DeLillo. It's his first first book. If you've never read Don DeLillo, I highly recommend anything he's written. But <clears throat> the formatting is a disaster. I mean, there's it'll occasionally there will be you know uh, as if four words are missing. Right. You know, just the whole thing will be smeared out, which is what was happening with anything that I tried to do. Especially if you're if you're doing poetry, it's just I I don't I haven't but, found a solution. But as it, a so. whole, it was brilliant work. Of course. Well, does this Don his writing? Sure. Yeah. This Don no, guy. It was, so no, it was great. So you're saying the formatting fuck ups didn't really didn't really have any effect? Well, that that's what made me feel better, and I think it it, it comes down to. Wanting to come across like you're not some schlep, but if you're already a famous writer and the formatting is fucked up, then who cares? <laughs> Does that make any sense? It's kind of it's a perception thing because, and I and I just I, I would I thought things looked better than they did. I I checked everything or I thought I did, but I didn't do it thoroughly enough. So I've pulled a lot of stuff off my website because, especially the poetry, there were parts that I had apparently missed that were just completely messed up so so you're selling you're selling ebook versions of of some of your collections yeah okay i was selling um ebook versions of individual stories for this compilation that i'm working on of short stories and then entire collections of poetry um i think it was passable but it's just it's not how it should be, you know, and, and I, I don't know how to fix it. I've, I've looked all over the internet and there's some, I mean, I'm not going to get into coding, uh, any more than I already have. Cause I don't have 90,000 hours to devote to learning 
how to not ruin things. Yeah, no shit. Um, but yeah, if you have any kind of, you know, line breaks that aren't completely conventional, it's a disaster. And even if you do have conventional line breaks, if you have the EPUB format, it randomly seems to inter- inject bizarre spacing, and I don't know how to get around it. I mean, I guess you could pay somebody to do it, but I would assume that uh, whatever giant company is connected to Don DeLillo also pays people to do that, and it doesn't work. So right. well, are those is people that because are... of the resizing issues with that? I don't know. Mm, yeah, whoever they're paying, I, I would imagine, is they're located in India or China. Um, Maybe. Which, I mean, it's an old book, but okay. does that matter? I mean, he's no, very no, I don't think it matters. Well, here's what I found as I as I have begun to sort of explore the Google universe a little bit more, um, and especially using Google Docs. Um, I think if you if you natively compose in Google Docs and then you know you save it as an EPUB. Which I know that doesn't take care of the the Kindle problem because if you want to sell it on Kindle, you have to have it formatted into their Mo- pr- pr- Moby. Yeah, Moby, their proprietary Moby format. <clears throat> which yeah. you know, but if you keep it native in Google, you com- compose in Google, and you know, I have taken and just you know ranted and ranted and raved and voice typed into google type in uh, i'm sorry google docs and then which is what i use right and then i saved it i wanted to check this out i was like i saved it as an epub and then i uploaded it to google play books and it was and it worked and like everything was really? everything was totally fine i but mean what uh, you can't use t- new times roman right no you well, it's whatever fonts but, do you hit. <laughs> the fucking fonts. No, I, I mean, not, I'm not joking. Like, I, I thought I read that there's some bizarre uh, collating issue with that particular font. If you're going, or maybe it was if you're going to a Word doc from there. It's not a Word. It's just, it drives me nuts. I need a, an assistant. The I don't font. Need to worry about the crap. The font thing is well. That's just it. Like if you if you do it natively. In Google Docs, mm-hmm. you don't come across like ninety percent of the of the form, or I don't know what percent, but I'm just pulling that out of my ass. But you know, you don't come across the issues that you would come across. But like, I practically, you know, in a half hour of sitting there running my mouth into my phone, I and then saving it as an EPUB and then uploading it to my Google you know books collection my playbooks whatever the ebook reader for google which is yeah. that's still kind of new to me too because i usually use kindle but mm-hmm. you know in in a half an hour i had an ebook of perfectly formatted text that had the whole wow. you know the whole fancy page turning experience in it and everything and i'm like this is I just rattled that's, off. That's a great tip. Total. So perhaps saving it as an EPUB from the beginning is, right. is the key. Right. Yeah. Well, what the hell? <sighs> but there again, it's like I think what it what it is with all of these formatting issues. It's like you have to compose it and or format it natively within each format's universe. Like if you're going, uh, if you're, they're, they're trying to 
But you can't, for, for the folks at home who are thinking about publishing books, you can't um, really format something into, into Kindle's Moby format, I don't think, can you? You have, to let, uh, no, you, you have to let Amazon do that for you. No, you can. Uh, I have a, a program. Oh, is that Scribd? Yeah. Is it Scrivener? Scrivener is is cool. Scribble yeah, it's, it's really yeah. cool. Although I have had the same. If it's poetry, you know, if it's I like to do. I don't like the narrative style poetry where you write sentences and then randomly break them up, but there's periods and commas and stuff in it. Right. I like it to be no caps, free floating center uh justified text i just for some reason that feels right to me mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a clown show it's not it, it just goes i mean it just explodes and i've tried what i'm doing now i'm redoing uh three years worth of work um and i've decided to have no breaks anywhere besides slash marks and each time a new poem starts it's in bold and that's in it but it's just one chunk of text so your <laughs> workflow is actually being altered because of the capabilities of the format yeah and i'm just trying to roll with it instead of being angry and pissed off and uh, mm-hmm. even though i worked my ass off to get the lines how i wanted them what i'm finding which is kind of interesting is this new approach is making me change the, i think it's developing the pieces because mm-hmm. It just is. It's changed. It's becoming something different. You have to add them to the medium. Exactly. So, and I have the old version. If if this doesn't work out, and it's all I enjoy doing all of it. It would just be nice to find what I've learned in being creative with uh, with in the digital world is you have to find your lover. You have to find your the the sound the sound editing program that works for you. For whatever reason, it might not be the best, but you uh, just for some reason it tickles your fancy, and you can get done what you need to get done. Right, and that takes a while. And I have not found that with uh, with writing at this point yet. But I'm it's get your ass on Google Docs, man. I don't know how I, I don't know how it's going to handle your your odd poetry formatting or your your meter or what have so you. I'm doing that in Google Docs. I want and I'll send you an EPUB. Uh, as it progresses, just to see to check out the look and see if it's just you know yeah, ridiculous well, or not. Like, you might have to actually, I think, insert page breaks. Like if you have, I mean, how long are the poems? Do the poems stretch out? Are they sagas? Um, like Icelandic. Well, that, that's the problem. Yeah. With poetry, is that it? I mean, you know, sometimes it's a quarter of a page. Another one is literally like twenty pages long. So I mean, and everything in between. So. So, but if I connect all of them, it'll be one block of text that it will randomly page break, which can be a disaster as well. So, I don't know. I need an assistant. <clears throat> if there's any f- interns out there. You know what? I was looking into um, the possibility of, of getting an intern as well. And because, you know, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to get some free help. <laughs> well, I have a, a my friend who owns a recording studio. They have uh, gone through quite a few of them, but he's found some great interns. And well, you still have to pay them, becoming, apparently. 
Well, no, but, well, but the thing is, if you want to be a sound engineer, and this is what he's learned because he went to school for it. He's like, you don't have to go to school for that at all. Nobody cares. Nobody in the industry gives two shits about some dumbass degree that you may or may not have. That's like a chef degree. Yeah. Yeah. If you come in there and you know what you're doing, or even if you don't know everything that you're doing but are willing to work your ass off, you are valuable because people are fucking lazy. And, you know... It's it's an old cliche, but it's true. I mean, the the few guys that, and, and gals that he's had in there who are really obsessed with it, he, they're gold, and they're gone soon. They come in there, they learn a few things on some of the stuff that he has. It's it's kind of a it's a well known studio, and then they go somewhere else and they're doing their own thing. Right. So. Well, yeah. Then they start to feel they 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 feel comfortable with the equipment, and they're yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm not afraid of this shit anymore. Exactly. And Maybe they've done some smaller stuff, and this is just a bigger playing field in six months. You know, they're yeah. waiting tables while they're doing this or whatever, and then they've they've gotten three years' worth of education in six months because he's throwing stuff at them every other day. So, Well, it's, cool. it's, it's funny. I was reading into the, um, into the, the rules, quote, rules, but they're actually laws. Because there's labor law involved with with getting an intern. But I'm like, what can I, how can I get like a student who, and first of all, I need to encapsulate what it is I even do. Am I a writer? Am I a musician? Am I a a publisher? Am I, yes, yes. The answer is yes. I'm all of those things. And so, you know, you have to find, but I think, you know, millennials, and, you know, kids in college now, they get that. There's like this whole omnidirectional creator thing that that is understood. But, um, yeah, you can't um, like you can't really use their work if you're not paying them. Like if it, it, well, I mean, it becomes it like copyrighted proprietary, like you can provide them training, basically but you can't provide them training that serves your business in any way, shape or form if you're not paying them, which is unfortunate. I guess I'm going to have to go overseas for that. I've never heard of what you're talking. You can't do it. So if you're, you have a nephew who's interested in sound design and he comes in there and helps you produce something, you're going to get sued or something like, I don't, um, by your nephew, which would add insult to injury. I, I would think, you know, <laughs> unless, you know, you get him to sign a release or, or something like that. Um, I mean, you know, it depends. Uh, interns everywhere. So I, guess, I, I don't, that can't. Yeah. I, I probably uh, won't, won't seek out an intern anyway, but I looked into it for a minute because I thought, you know, well, it'd be nice if I could just, you know, dictate stuff or say, okay, here's an idea that needs <laughs> developing i want you to think about this idea and i want you to explode it onto you know across six different pages and then we're going to take those six pages and we're going to distill them into basically the idea that we started with but a better form that contains all of the nuance that those six pages contained did am i making any sense no well i think i mean what i've seen the people that I've known who have started any kind of company, no matter what 
it, it, it is about restaurant, uh, music studio, um, whatever. They have a period of time where they're working 16 hours a day to get it off the ground. And, you know, maybe somebody's helping them informally, maybe not. But typically they don't, they can't have any employees because they're not bringing in enough money. One, the minute they're bringing, they literally are crumbling and falling apart and cannot cover all the bases, then they have to hire somebody. Then they have to make the right choice, and, and then it's a kind of a tightrope walk, and it either goes well or it doesn't. I mean, it's, it's a tough, the first steps are the hardest by far. Well, I think, Once you get going. I think artificial then, intelligence is going to take care of that eventually. But that's another discussion again, there again. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't even know what to say about the uh, Sam Harris. Other very smart people are completely hysterical about the AI revolution, and supposedly within the next twenty or thirty years, as quantum computation sprouts up, you know, everything that we use now will be looked at as like a wagon wheel. You know, this is right. hilarious that people only had, you know five terabytes of memory in their computer or whatever, you know, I just, um, and then the first government to come up with the, you know, military based AI will incinerate everybody else. And then we will be enslaved by robots. I, I, can't you just unplug it? Mm. I don't, I mean, I don't, yeah, at a certain point, I, mean, I don't think you like, can. I don't, I don't get, like, I, I mean, I understand, I see now, just got a, got a new laptop, and, and I'm dealing with Windows 10. I, I've, you got a new I stick <laughs> with a, yeah, with a rock so, tied to the end uh, of it. Right away, it's like flypaper. Everything on the whole thing is designed to suck you into one, you know, their little version of this and that, and oh, by the way, you oh, need to pay yeah. for that. Oh, yeah, Windows 10, totally. It's... Just, it's I'm so old. But, no, uh, it's basically like uh, the operating system has pretty much turned into like the Facebook that you always have to look at to use your computer. Yeah. You no, know? And, and the, the truth is, is that the operating system in 1998 was fine. You know, I mean, for, in terms of just basic shit. Okay, there's here's the user interface. Any idiot can do it, or whatever. 2000. 2000. When I bought my have- first tower, it was Windows XP. Mm-hmm. And that was great. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with they it at all. They didn't need to make another version of it at all. But, of course, in order to make everybody pay for another one, you have to pretend that they need... I mean, it's, everybody knows this, but yet we all... Mm, not, then, everybody. <laughs> not everybody. Not everybody knows explodes. It. Not everybody, but businesses, certainly. Yeah. I mean, giant businesses, they don't go, oh, we're going to stick with... Because you can't be behind. We can't wait to get the new Windows. We can't wait till yeah. they till they finish the new windows so we can buy it. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. more like I mean, a lifestyle accessorizing attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a whole thing. I have but, the newest and the best. Yeah, yeah, and and I can tell you that almost, I mean, literally nothing useful has changed in fifteen or twenty. I mean, nothing. The stuff that I, it's all. I just have to ferret through a bunch of bullshit. Well, think about uh, all the. I don't, all the shit that has been added into Microsoft Word. You know? Well, I don't know, because the new thing, when you get a laptop that has Microsoft, you don't, it's not free. You have to pay for right. it. Right. You so don't I get don't Microsoft really Word anymore, because because the, the 
you have to pay you have to pay for software that takes forever to work and and inserts tags into your work behind your back now you have to pay for it yeah it's it's dark and i honestly i love it i love it but i've also gotten back into um journaling it's it's I've always had terrible what do you mean, uh, writing? handwriting. Like I mean, I sh- apparently I'm Einstein by my handwriting because it, it literally looks like some deranged child was hit over the head with a club and then forced to write. Um, but I love it. I love paper, that image. Feel the paper actually writing on paper. It, I don't have to pay anybody to write it. That, well, I, I have to buy the paper. But, it's meditative. Um, it, it's meditative. It, it uh, brings you yes, into the present whole, moment. Yeah, it's a different thing. So, have you ever done that in public? Like, just sat there and like scribbled page after page after page. Oh I, yeah, yeah. I have met well, some of the most interesting people doing that, just because they're so curious about what I'm writing. I met my wife that way, actually. There you go. Like, what the hell are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I found a place to live that way in Amsterdam. No, it's fun, and it's really a great to go uh, to a you know sidewalk cafe or a bar or a library or wherever, and just people watch and you know kind of. I used to at a really intense month or two at. Um, the coffee shop down on the loop, whose name I can't remember. Mashuga. Mark Deutsch used to hang out there. Mashuga. Was that it? Yeah, the one. Maybe, you know the Bazentar guy, Mark Deutsch? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was in there all the time. I, I chatted with him a few times. but He lived like two doors to, away. That's why he was always Yeah, I got to there. sit there and inhale, you know, all just tons and tons of secondhand smoke and drink tea. And and it was like just, the, the room was like the size of a cubicle. Basically, mm-hmm. and it was blue. It was smart. I just wrote about sixty songs in a, in a month, and you know, only four or five of them were used. But I have demos of all that stuff, and it was just uh, based on the crackling world around me, yeah. mostly. And then, of course, you know, taking it into all kinds of weirdness. But it's great, and I, I, you don't need a fucking laptop to do that. No. Well, they're yeah, exactly. It's like when you're if you're if you're sitting there writing on a laptop, you look like you're showing off your technology. You know, if you look like you're important, you're doing something right. I could be writing a novel. I could be writing a novel or I could be running a company. But I mean, wouldn't you like to think about it? But I mean, if you do that, if you sit there with a pen now scribbling on a pad of paper, you look like some kind of dinosaur. Like what? I don't think people, like kids, don't take notes anymore in college. They sit there on their fucking laptop and watch porn while the professor's yabbering at them, and then they buy papers off the internet, right? I mean, I don't... I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to do more of that, actually, I think. Because I think it's a, it's a disruptive... It's, writing in public is a disruptive activity. It's a, it's a disgusting, Neanderthal, knuckle-dragging... <laughs> it's sub- of defiance. subversive. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very, like, yeah. What in the he hell them, are you doing? He's one of them, <laughs> them scribblers. What's he doing? We got a writer here. Mm-hmm. It's the Bill Hicks. We got ourselves a reader. Right. What are you reading for? Exactly. <laughs> Not what 
are you reading? What are you reading for? <laughs> I was thinking about what that. Be so important. I was thinking about that earlier. How like, um, like you know, the the handbook that I was given when I was born basically said that you know you're free to you're free to learn anything you want. You know you can you can research anything you want because I was like. I was driving in the car getting some food earlier and I was like, you know, I'd really like to be able to hire a team of researchers to connect these various concepts in within the context of real world data. And it's like, you know, if I had the money to do that, there's nothing stopping me. I could I could hire people, interns actually to do that research and say all right i'm trying to connect low ambiguity low ambiguity tolerance with magical thinking with a certain economic phenomenon you know and say all right i want i want to find the connection between these three concepts these three factors economic factors now go nothing's stopping me from doing that as a private citizen no no it's called it's called grant writing and it's I took some or ended up through my old life as a social worker really? getting some writing. training in grant writing but no yeah there's all kind there's there's yeah there's so much money out there for stuff like that that uh, you would not believe it the con- the process of of actually writing the grant is kind of like I don't know being put through a wood chipper but right it's hella bureaucracy no well it's just there the part of their game is you know if you don't use a certain literally i'm not making this up like a size font that they told I me mean, fonts like once a fucking game fonts they'll they'll throw it in the garbage right this doesn't fit the format disabled people you know and, right. and they acted like you know we were you know, getting money for a ski trip or something. This it, research is no good because you use the wrong fucking font. Yeah, I don't. I mean, no, nah, it's uh, it's out there. Yeah. So I, um, good ideas are good ideas. It doesn't matter yeah. what kind of nutcase comes up with them. You know. So that darn publishing thing is a real pickle. Now, it, it, in some ways, it's it's annoying, but it's you also have to remember it's like. It's an incredible revolution. My frustration with uh, independent publishing is I don't know where to go. I, I would I don't want to buy uh, shit anything from Amazon. Uh, what I would what I would what I fantasize about would be some person who is a, a curator that I am like like becoming a fan of a curator, like somebody who somehow can determine what I'm looking for or is at least in the ballpark of some things I'm looking for. I think culturally point me in the direction of I want people to sell digital books from their website and to make all the money. I don't want to give money to these untalented Interlopers, it's bullshit. Right, the middlemen. Well, and I mean that's kind of the philosophy behind what I'm doing with my website is like I don't want. It's not like ah, I need all. I need everything. I don't want to give away a percentage. I don't want to outsource anything. That's not it. I would love for other people to be able to handle stuff and like you know send me the tax forms at the end of the year and everything like that. But at the same time, like I think that 
having your stuff i mean it's just fucking words you know <laughs> it's just fucking words on a page and it's easy to type words and put them on a page and and make the effort to format them correctly and then put it into you know a, a, a container a format a capsule that is easily downloaded from an easily maintained website and you know you can do that with an mp3 you can do it with an ebook and there's no reason for anyone to doubt the verity of of an ebook that comes from the person who wrote it because it doesn't go through fucking amazon or you know i've, I've harassed i've harassed a couple i harassed uh what's her name mary carr she's a famous uh she writes uh oh she wrote frankenstein memoir memoir she's a memoir she's a poet oh. her poetry's pretty cool and um i'm like you know she was when i went through my very short twitter phase um she would occasionally post stuff and kind of had some banter back and forth and I just asked her straight up like you're especially now and when you're nowhere I understand why you would go with a larger company or whatever and want to get out there but people know who you are why would you not just use social media have pay somebody 50 bucks to set up a, a store on your website or whatever and make all the money and no response crickets and I've, I've done that to multiple authors that I've tormented and got a little bit of a conversation going and they will not respond to that they shut that i don't know really they, yeah they will not res i don't know if they've got signed like oh, i'll bet you i'll bet you they get some kind of like their websites are contract yeah their websites are managed and so they don't have private email i'll bet you i don't know it's just bizarre because it makes no sense and these people are old. the people I'm talking about are old enough that they probably don't even know what you know. I mean, they're just it's not the world they're in. They just hand this to their people and they deal with it. Well, they get to focus on the work of writing as well. Yeah, which is great. Absolutely. Come on. And there's got to be lots of people out there that are doing what we're talking about. I need a source that connects me to what we, I guess, could call underground digital publications. Right. And unfortunately, like I would say the, the main obvious curator would be Amazon and you don't want to buy stuff. Which, from, no, from I'm not going there. No. Well, there that. again, that go that gets into like when I first started, when I first relaunched my website back at the, this was April 30th. It was the internet's birthday. Uh, coincidentally enough, auspiciously enough, but like, I was like the most democratic thing you can do is launch your own website and sell your own shit you know yeah yeah and <laughs> don't involve anybody like i was originally going to for this whole membership concept i was you know i was going to bring on patreon as to mm -hmm. you know my administrator i guess but like i was looking at it and it's like they don't really do anything they do nothing they just take a cut they just take yeah. a cut and you go through their filter i'm like wait a second i know how to handle all of this technology why don't i just do it and not give anyone a cut but then the funny thing is it's like people see that and it's like oh why why isn't he on amazon why isn't he on patreon and it's like that whole fucking mm -hmm. branding thing it's like Oh. Well, you know, you may you may as well be on the on the ground floor of people turning away from that. 
the the problem is the problem is about curation. You need you need remember way back four thousand years ago when you remember rooster lollipop as stupid as that is yeah uh, there there you need a co-op you need like hey there's this Ten. Midwest. Writers Association, right. and you go there, and there's some weirdos who are putting up a website not to make a bunch of money, but to point you in the direction of the regional writers or musicians or whatever. And I'm sure that they're out there. How do I find them, though? That's that's the curious part. Or maybe they're not out there. I don't know. Maybe everybody's just you know. Oh, I'll, I'll find it on i. What the fuck? I I've never spent a nickel on iTunes. Well, here's what? your here's the other thing. It's like. <clears throat> Um, me as someone who has several book projects in the shoot and will, you know, I mean, I'm going to sell a print format of whatever comes out next, but I, you know, I will also do like an ebook format that, you know, since I don't have to use, yeah, I'll sell the Moby. What do you do your print? I'll what sell, do you do your print through? Oh, print? I, it creates space. That's, Yeah. That's what I have used, but that like that has a book order. They make them or what? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's oh, okay. there's a machine that you know they have your your files in the cloud or in a hard drive or a server somewhere, and then pretty much somebody orders the book, and then they print that copy of the book, and they and they mail it out to the person, and which I think is fantastic. And it's like there's no there's no wasted books. There's nobody putting out you know fifty grand <laughs> to publish books that are gonna sit somewhere or you know end up deteriorating in a mold, in a moldy books. basement. Right, exactly. Which is most books, exactly. And like that's that's why when I you know when I hear people talking about trying to make a go of traditional publishing. And like this whole, oh, yeah, I need to raise, you know, $25,000 to print the first run of the book. It's like you're you're no longer other people can make money off of your shit. You're no longer in the business of of getting ideas to other people, of transmitting ideas. You're in the business of transmitting material, you know, a physical material product. It's like I think. Uh, Mick Jagger had some shit to say about like the CD or something like that. Uh, either he was saying like he was either talking about the format of CDs or he was talking about how like the last 10 albums they put out were garbage. I can't remember what, but yeah, I think he had something to say about CDs. But yeah, it's like these interlopers, these mediaries these gatekeepers they're like you know they are in the business of selling they are in the business of selling paper and plastic and And they should be gone and and they they were gone for a second but then they figured out how to to, i mean what is it now like if you're you know you're you're, you have a song that gets you know two three million plays on whatever format you end up making like 170 dollars or some shit right it's ridiculous right I don't know why anybody would put their music on that. And you don't get any, and and, and no traditional royalties. Like from, if you're, even if your song is registered with, like I'm a member of American Society of Composers and Performers, but like my song, which would be registered with American Society of Composers and Performers, ASCAP, the publishing, Mm. you know, monitor, um, 
now actually now come to think of it they did update some aspects of it and i'm sure there's like a a 1000 page ruling that came out about the updating of you know the digital age as far as music publishing is concerned but you know what they did here in in little tiny friday harbor no ascap Okay, so they have a summer concert series. Well, they have a multiple summer concert series. One of them is down by the landing, and they have a really cool small stage. And ASCAP shook the town down for a couple thousand dollars in case somebody played a cover song. Oh, right, yeah. 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 Not, not that anybody did, but since, I mean, what are you going to do, hire a lawyer to fight ASCAP, and you're going to monitor what songs are played? So it's just well, they're, shake they're enforcers. They're gangsters. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, um, I think they I, did I that to. Uh, I heard that. I was like, you gotta be joking. I think they did that to Fred's Music Lounge one time or something. Probably. Something with a jukebox. But uh, yeah, I mean, you gotta pay your licensing fees. Because it's like, really, as draconian as that sounds and is, um, they're doing that for the songwriter. Because the song, the songwriter is getting for themselves too. I mean, like, you know, this is true. They have they have all those administrative fees that they need to. Yeah, I mean, if the songwriter got all of the money that was, I mean, imagine if you're Van Halen (laughs) and not a nickel went to anybody in a record company. It all was through some website that existed in 1979. Let me just sit in that mental image for a second. I want to imagine that I'm Van Halen. Yeah, I mean, uh, Eddie Van Halen working on his website. (laughs) 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 Doing lines off a midget's forehead (laughs) with, you know, intravenous uh, Jack Daniels, whatever. But... um, they could have paid somebody to well, 50 bucks a day to do that. Um, anyway, well, I don't know. I, we've gone off the rails here, but it's, it's the whole, it, sh- it changed for a minute. And now the, well, I mean, the, clearly uh, we, we want to keep getting back to music because like the whole publishing thing just seems like a, I don't know by now to me, it seems like a wash. It's like, I have so many book projects that you know it's like oh my god that's a that's a great idea for a book i need to do that and there's nothing there's nothing stopping me from doing that except for all the time it takes to to actually yeah no i I, it's funny i think we might have kind of an opposite um attitude and i i feel like music I would be way more comfortable with somebody stealing or, I mean, if, some, if somebody downloads something and, you know, cuts it up and makes something out of some song I wrote, I'd be like, whoa, that's weird. But whereas if somebody would, in my mind, steal shit that I wrote, I would be way, to me, it's way harder to write than it is to play music. For me personally, it's like that music is just sort of, it's not like it's easy, but it, it's sort of kind of an automatic, uh, somatic process and it just happens whereas writing is although i love it is for me anyway it takes way more effort yeah it does but i think like yeah well yeah because the whole thing about performing it and playing it is getting yourself into the muscle memory of what has been written but like yeah. i don't know i like how like i can just I'm writing something and I'm recording it at the same time and I don't ever have to fucking worry about going out and playing it. It's like 
okay, here it is, you know, that's it. I'm going to move on to the next one. I don't miss, um, it's kind of funny. I was talking to somebody the other day. This hopefully we can, hopefully we can transition this into the physical, the physical universe versus the, um, the digital universe, because this, that does, that is relevant, I think, to publishing and independent publishing and the business of it. But proceed. I'm sorry. I just wanted to add that. I I was going to go and get another sidetrack. We'll do it. And it is off topic. No. I was just, what the hell was I going to say? Oh, somebody was asking me about the songs that I'd posted on the mashup channel and from the old Jefferson days and stuff. And this is a guy I work with and we're talking about it. And I said, yeah, I, you know, I, I loved almost all of that. And I loved the experience of, you know, that whole world and, uh, most of those people and everything. But <laughs> it took me a number of years to, <laughs> to realize that, uh, I don't like shows like show showiness, being be performing and love me, and right. I'm not really a businessman. So show business. <laughs> it's the physical universe which is, what, is clunky. Which is what what kind of world I, I didn't even realize I was trying to be part of. No wonder I always felt kind of uncomfortable and kind of like I wanted to barf all the like I love. I, I, I mean, part of me would have just been completely happy to never leave the practice space. Right. My God, we had some incredible moments in there, you know, some of which are recorded, most of which are not. And I mean, I... And it wasn't I a performance. Like it, was, it, was, it, it just, it, no, it, it was, happened and you experienced it and you yeah. got the full benefit of it. Yeah, and you should hear some of the sounds I've heard. I mean, you know, the, I mean, my God, man, some of that was freaking out. And some of the crazy stuff that you and I did with Sun is just... You know, that seven people heard. And, and Done I, in a vacuum. And I'm okay with that. Right. But if you're fortunate enough to have the foresight to document any of it, then it can be shared in a, you know, in a format that's digestible to others. But like, yeah, Yeah. the physical universe and the whole and, you know, not just the the clunkiness and the all of the problems of, you know, the logistics of, oh, we got to have the sound system and we got to have the club and we have to have the club has to have a license and they have to pay ASCAP. And it's like. All the the physical aspect of it. It's like I think most of most of my growth has has occurred in the area of like completely writing all of that out of my creative equation. You know, mm-hmm. just like you know. Well, you're a writer. You're a hermit writer slash maniac, right? Who can do whatever he wants, but you're I think at heart more of a, a scribbler. No, Although I, you can sing with the best of them and write music and all that kind of stuff, I'm not sure if you really dig. I love performing, but the uh, the, the process of getting to that point is so fucking grueling and just, I mean... People don't understand that. People really don't get no. the tedium and the work. And the, and I I was fine with all of that. I didn't mind. I was, I was taking my lumps and all that, but I realized after a while that like I just don't... I don't care if I, uh, or, or, how to say this. 
I would have loved to, quote, become some kind of big, if people actually got into, and, and there were moments where they did, in the little pockets in here and there, the feeling of connection with people live is, is the most incredible high you'll ever feel, or one of the most incredible highs you'll ever feel. Unspeakably but then so. The whole, but then sustaining that and trying to you know, weasel your way into some club and get some guy to write something about you is just, ugh, it's so... And of course, there's always the, you know, there's the, the constant growth and we got to get to the next level and the next level and the next level and the next level. And it's like, eh, no, well, how about I just, how about I just make a song and make it be exist in like its permanent form and I never have to fucking touch it again. That's where I'm at. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's fun too. I, I very quickly into the whole thing that I was into many years ago my goal my ultimate goal this is hilarious but my goal was this that to make cds this is old for you youngsters to make an album every year or two and their cd and then you know if you played my fantasy was if you could like get a decent crowded off broadway a couple times a year to me you were a rock star yeah that, that was it. Off Broadway is like yeah. one of the most well-respected, prestigious clubs with the best sound in um, in South St. Louis for the folks at yeah. home in places it's the that have version, Their version of the crocodile, basically. In, okay. In, uh, um, but right. Uh, so we have compared yep. and contrasted the um, the the physical performance you know, out there in the world aspect of music versus, you know, the actual creation process and the recording and, and writing and everything like that. Now let's take that back to the writing of, of books and literature, because like, as far as like marketing independent writing, like, I think there's the a, a performance aspect to that when a writer is like, okay, I've written this book and clearly I'm able to sell it, but I have to I have to go on tour. I, I I have to I have to be in a physical place and be accessible to people so they can see that I am not an ethereal wisp, you know that I'm that I that I exist. Um. No, I mean, I have no desire, not much of a desire to be involved in events, but I see the value of them. Um, oh, yeah. No. I've... For people who are good at that, you know, and like that's probably actually their platform is like being present somewhere and, you know, talking to people. And but see here, I'm I'm like. I guess I'm at a point where it's like I, I I envision that and I even envision that with like, oh, I'd love to do a pop up dinner, but then, you know, just go and, and plan a menu and then rent a space and, and say do an event, a dining event somewhere. And then I always stop with, yeah, but that would require me being at a certain place at a certain time. And I don't know if I'm so down with that anymore, you know, because it inter I feel like that the time space continuum and, and trying to fit into it 
as far as other people's perception, actually interferes with the work. Yeah, well, unfortunately, there's seems like there's two choices. <clears throat> Either you can uh, hustle for your own work, or you have to have a champion uh, who will hustle for you. And that's where the no-talent middlemen come in because well like adwords like with me buying you know paying for facebook sponsorship sponsored posts or adwords you know that's where i'm at now because that shit's automated and it's like there again i don't have to i don't have to coach anybody it's like here click 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 all right here's five bucks you know but yeah that is fantastic uh, in the larger picture in terms of trying to make a splash or just to grow, like I was saying before, like I I, I know. Well, it's like a matter of all kinds of people. You go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to no, say just, trust and goodwill. It's like the the trying to build the trust and goodwill of like even convincing people to buy things off of your website, like my website, where I sell MP3s and and books and downloads and memberships and whatnot. Like even convincing them to make a purchase is it's an entire process of like building trust and goodwill. And I think like physical presence, even if you just put a video, that's not a physical mm-hmm. presence, but like a video, like they can see your face. They can see you're not full of shit. They're like, you know, well, Oh yeah. Okay. I, yeah, no, you're right. I think you're right. I, I you're definitely onto something. I mean, I've noticed that, um, various characters that I, uh, somewhat follow or you know when i was in the last few years have followed and some of which i've supported are on tours they're going out and they're they're i mean they're making money doing that but they're also spending a lot of money to do that so clearly right you're right you know there there's this in order there's like a certain levels okay let's you're, you're you have nine people following you or going to your website and then you have 200 and then you have a thousand then you have maybe have 10,000 then maybe you have 200,000 you're still but you're still sort of in this non-real universe eventually enough people might show up in Iowa for you that it makes sense for you to go there you're you've become a a touring you're basically on tour um it's part of what seems like this new growth pattern I guess I don't know I mean all you have to do is keep keep doing it. Oh, I know. Get yeah, better at it. It's just it's a mantra. It's a it's a it's just you know don't stop. And you know I, I'm not just saying that to console myself. I'm saying that because I'm I'm doing a podcast, and anybody else who is trying to do anything like what I am doing, I think you know I definitely believe and can concur. Just keep doing it. You know. Oh yeah. Just no, it's... keep going. It 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 uh, it's whoever works the hardest and is the best, uh, for the most part. I mean, there's bullshit that falls in between, but I mean, my God, have you listened to Dan Carlin stuff? Not to digress again, that guy is nuts. <laughs> you, I mean, yeah, you, really? you try to get in. I still haven't listened to him. Like oh you sent me stuff before, and I don't. Th- like I think I think it I'm a horrible very, uh, consumer of me. Like I'm not a good consumer. Like I don't have time. I would love to well, read if, books. I can read like four point, pages, and then I have to. I know you're just starting your work day, but if you feel like, uh, you know, just 
zone, not zoning out, it's actually fairly, really intense. Tune into hardcore history or common sense and just feel like, yay, holy moly. Oh, that's the guy who goes deep, right? Yes. Very, I mean, we're talking 14 or 15 hour podcasts broken up into groups on Genghis Khan. Like, he's not fucking around. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. You can you can just get lost. He had like a, a tw- about twenty hours, I think, on World War One. Wow. Oh. Uh-huh. And it's now is it's he a historian? Really is he like an? Uh, a no, no. He, and he, he says over and over, and other historians are totally tied. They're like giving him the big thumbs up. He's like, I am not a professional historian. He has an undergraduate degree in history. He got into. Um, media i think he was a reporter or whatever and then he just got sick of that bullshit and so he i think he said his mother what was it i think he said i heard an interview where his mother-in-law was like dan basically to shut him up at dinner because all he does is babble on about it she's like you know maybe you should record this because <laughs> he was screeching at her about genghis khan at thanksgiving or whatever and he's probably and he's recording like, right now like this very minute yeah, yeah. Well, that's but, uh, okay. So I am going to have to check him out. But you sent me lots yeah. like, oh boy, you sent me that Tucker Carlson thing, and we're not getting into Ducky, that. Ducky, Ducky, that's a whole different. <laughs> that's <world>. a whole. <laughs> I need to. I need to warn everyone who's listening to this that Paul and I's next discussion has been reserved for not this this call, but for another time. But I do want to. Um, uh, we should we should wrap up because I got some editing yeah, no, to do. I need to go, but yeah, but um, I thank you. I'll for, send you a link. Yeah. I'll relink you on that. But. Please do. And you know what? We got to tell people, you know, not just to go to johnjgoddard dot com and spend some money there, but also to you know, you've been pumping Paul's mashup channel, but I don't understand what you get out of that. You know, you're not you're not gonna um, get four thousand hours of, of viewing enough to monetize it to any degree. So I think we oh, should no, tell people. I, I just want people to enjoy it. I have I'm, I'm like I'm like B flat on that. It's a bunch of uh, well, we should tell people mixology we should improvisations. Tell, there's there's a tip jar there. You can give me a million dollars in one hit if you want to. Well, on there. But you should, we should tell them to go to paulhyatt.com because then they can they can get your literature as well. They can check out the blog. Well, hold on now. The literature is in a little kind of a screwed up phase at this point. I pulled everything off the store because I was upset about the formatting and the fonts. Well, and everything it was just looked like a big cluster. Right. But you could at least check out the website and see how pretty it is. Even no, it's not that pretty. You've got a subscribe um, button or something, right? Where you can email no, people. No, no, I never did yeah. that. They just no, have to remember to I come back. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can remind them. We can remind them every other week or whenever you pop up yeah. here in this thing. That's fine. Yeah, check it out. But anyway, the mashup channel's cool, and you can you can give me your entire paycheck on wherever you want to. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about this guy that we called Abdul Cassette? I've given you this routine before, haven't you? That's when you used to call Sandy Roberts. I did. Remember Sandy Roberts? No, who's that? Sandy Roberts. He was the DJ at KDHX. Remember? It was Randy. (laughs) 
<laughs> but you used to you used to call him. So you'd call him up, and it was uh, okay. So um, it's it's Randall Roberts for the folks at home. It's Randall oh, Roberts yeah, yeah, who yeah. writes for is it the L.A. Times or the L.A. Weekly or something? I can't remember which. Did I but mess with him? Highly um, esteemed music journalist. Um, I'll, music police in St. Louis. Randall Roberts. Yeah, he's a great guy from St. Louis originally, now in Los Angeles. Um, but Paul, you used to call him, and he went by Randy, but you used to call him up and call him Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> This. But you would, like this. yeah, hey, yeah. You'd call him up. You call him up, and you'd tell him to play delight. <laughs> hey, play, play. I know Collins, motherfucker. But I think the <laughs> character that? that you used that I think the character you used was Abdul Cassent. Yeah, no, but that's based on a real guy. There was a guy, you know, the the rehearsal place next to Off-Broadway, which is a a rat-infested, boarded-up building that bands were allowed to practice in. Yeah. They're still doing that, too. That's cool. They should. It's got magic vibrations over there. But this guy would walk by, you know, I don't know, once a week, and he'd be like, Hey, hey, white boy, come here, motherfucker. (laughs) What? Give me $25. What? Give me twenty-five dollars. I tell you what, man. I need twenty-five dollars. Nine. I need a nickel, a quarter, a dollar. Give me twenty-five dollars. Give me twenty-five dollars. You can spare it. Come on, man. Give me twenty-five dollars. I don't. I literally don't have twenty-five dollars. That was the original Abdul. So that's going to be connected to the Tucker Carlson discussion too. Ducky, Ducky, Tucker Carlson owes me twenty-five dollars. John got it. You owe me twenty-five dollars. Yeah. I, well, I don't have twenty-five dollars, but if anyone would like to give me twenty-five dollars, uh, they can certainly go to my website, johnjgoddard.com, and become a member. And Paul, uh, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. You're you're adored here. All right, John. Have a good night. Yeah. Take care. Bye.